Hello, and welcome to Missing an Audience. In each episode, a different guest from the arts world will talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected their practice, how they see things changing going forwards, and about their memories of being part of or creating for audiences. Our aim with this podcast is to hear from and reach as many different people working or studying in the arts as possible, to connect over what we miss and have lost, what we have to look forward to, and what needs to change. We also hope to spread awareness of charities or arts groups struggling at this time. We need the arts, and we need audiences. Culture is for entertainment, protest, education, therapy, employment, inspiration and connection. It must survive. Our guest today is Nemo Martin. Nemo is a non-binary award-winning writer, freelance stage manager and podcast producer. Their debut play, The Cobbled Streets of Geneva, received the Origins Award for Outstanding New Writing at Vault Festival 2020, where they also premiered their first collaborative musical, Asian Pirate Musical, to sold-out performances. Nemo is currently developing their script, Zaza, as part of Yellow Earth's Professional Writers Programme 2020. Since 2017, Nemo has produced Bread and Barricades, a Lay Miz podcast, which is dedicated to discussing Victor Hugo's novel and its many different adaptations. This complements their PhD thesis on positive representations of race and gender in adaptations of Les Miserables. This episode contains brief, strong language, Hello, I'm Jake Leonard, the creator and host of this podcast, and I'm a freelance theatre director. So, hi Nemo, thanks for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm actually doing all right. All things considered, I am very lucky and I have food and friends and people to give me joy. So, I mean, I started lockdown mostly just playing Animal Crossing and making <laughs> loads of food. Um, I like cooking and then I was very lucky I'm doing a PhD which is funded so I've actually had to write to that um, <laughs> uh, so yes about Les Mis and race and racism so and I'm also very lucky we got Arts Council funding for uh, a musical that I'm co-writing with uh, five other people um, called Asian Pirate Musical it's a three-act musical which we don't think has ever been done before <laughs> so <laughs> I think I've got dumber since the beginning of lockdown. So <laughs> I feel like you're going to be the one person who comes out with a supercharged brain because you've been creative and academic. <laughs> I don't know. I also have been watching a lot of anime. Well, you know, you've got, you've got to a little bit. You've got to give your brain a bit of fast food as well. It's not as if there's going to be much theatre done anytime soon, is there? So, you know... <laughs> Yeah. At least not at our level anyway. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> My experience of COVID um, by David Hare. Just what the world needed and wanted right now. <laughs> really riveting theatre, really shaking things up. And of course, he's entirely representative of most people who've actually had COVID. So, you know. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. God, so much shade being thrown. <laughs> <laughs> Who else can we fuck? Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yeah, he can get fucked too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're the cool kids, people. <laughs> We're telling it how it is. <laughs> yeah. I've been talking to this with, uh, about this with a couple of my other friends. I'm just at the point of my career where people, 
in the same kind of level as we are like know my name and know to like tap me on the shoulder for like stage manager stuff mm. if, but not for writer stuff and so i was doing the stage manager stuff for money basically as because yeah. yeah writing doesn't pay in fact you mostly have to pay for your own writing to be put on but was like so desperate to like have my first show like my first written play on that i was like ah I will stage manage and produce my own show. Yeah, it was so much. And like, I was putting so much pressure on myself as well to all, do all of that stuff because I really wanted 2020. <laughs> I really wanted 2020 to be the year that I like put stuff on stage. Yeah, I mean, I did it. I put two shows on stage by February. So <laughs> the rest of the year I can take off basically, right? <laughs> Your problem was you peaked too early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But seriously, though, it is an incredible achievement to have done that. And th- th- this year is sadly a bit of a write-up, but you will come out the other side with some credits that you did get under your belt in that. I'm very, very lucky that trying not to come up in a certain way that the people that I hang out with are the kind of people who want to bring people up with them. The only reason that I was able to stage both shows was because I was in, I was stage managing shows for uh, a person called Iskander Sherizdin. He took time out of his busy schedule, doing exactly what I was doing in February, but in the previous August, to help me write applications and to help me pitch things and to find people who would want to do it. And so- but I mean, that's how it should be, because you know, <laughs> I know it's, it's idealistic, but it's, it's, uh, there's room for everybody. And the more work that's out there, the better, especially if it doesn't all look and sound the same. I've seen the amount of effort that like freelance task force and all that kind of like all these people are putting so much effort in like and like the the theaters that i care about doing so much like really good shit and like not just for theater but like opening as food banks and as safety Mm. centers and like all these kind of things and it's like and then the government yeah i mean it's stuff we know right and then the government releases one press statement that's like here's three pounds it's like thanks (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that, yeah, exactly. And you know, they they like sort of like openly say that they want to protect what they call the crown jewels of the industry. Um, yeah, everybody else can get under the bus. Basically, I don't know. I think we know what that means, don't we? I mean, we're already fucking seeing it as well. So yeah. it's like it's like beyond parody at this point. One of the things that we talk about on the podcast is audience experiences, and that can be you know responses to work, or it can be you being part of an audience and watching something. So what have you got to tell me about? So I'm British Japanese. I was born in Britain and have lived my entire life in London. So I'm very British in the way that I see things. And last year I went to Japan literally because there was a production of Les Mis on in Japan. And so it was my first time seeing theatre outside of the UK, apart from like children's shows in Japan. As a tangent to that story, there's a, there's a place in Japan called Sanrio Land, which is like Hello Kitty Disneyland, basically. Um, so it's just a theme park for like the Sanrio characters, so Hello Kitty and all that. They did a really, really good kabuki, which is like Japanese theatre, with those huge like Hello Kitty costumes, but like in Japanese kabuki costume. It was like wild. It was so good. The production value was amazing. If you put that on a London stage, it would be like glowing reviews you would sell out. So kabuki is a very traditional Japanese kind of style. It's mostly people in like yukata or kimono. I kind of expected going into this like 
Hello Kitty version. It would be kind of like really cutesy and not really like kabuki, more like a, just a stage show kind of thing for kids, right? Like the Hello Kitty characters come out and like sing a bit and dance a bit. But it was like a full kabuki show with like a proper plot line, like there were stakes, there was like emotional value. Part of kabuki is that like um, there, there's like a call and response between the people on stage and the people in the audience. And so it's like somebody on stage will like do something and then the people in the audience will be like, yeah, you did it. Or like, um, it's coming. It's kind of like pantomime, but less in the like comedy way. It's like a serious version of pantomime (laughs) Um, where there are like, you know, rote things that you say after certain lines. And it like, somebody said something on stage, one of these like kabuki things. And then like all of these like, dads in the audience in like the loudest most like butch man voice would just be like you does it's like what the fuck <laughs> like so you had like the front row of like kids in their like really cute like hello kitty outfits because they're at hello kitty land and they've all got their like light up whatever like toys and stuff like like dancing along with the show and then you have this like row of old men old japanese men with their like arms crossed in front of them like treating this Hello Kitty Kabuki as, like, a proper Kabuki show. And it was, like, I was looking around, like, I, I didn't know any of the call and responses because I've actually never seen Kabuki. This was my first Kabuki show. I'm, <laughs> um, like, looking at all these people and just, like, mesmerised that they were taking it so seriously. Uh, so as you leave the, like, theatre that the Kabuki show, show happened in, there were, like, all these actors on the wall who, like, played the, like, main characters and stuff. It's not just like in Disneyland where like actors who need a summer job like go and get dressed up and stuff, which is a good like, you know, no shit on that. That's a good source of income. They weren't treating it like that. They were treating it like they had been in a proper like kabuki show and like coming out of it. And all these people around me were like, yeah, wow, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, good quality this year and like blah, blah, and like. It was just, yeah, mesmerising. So I love that they take it seriously because, as you were sort of saying, when an actor goes for a, a summer job to earn some money to play, you know, Cinderella or Disneyland or whatever, mm. and people really look down their noses about that. And, I, and it really annoys me because it is an acting job. It's also very hard. You know, how do yeah. you maintain that kind of saccharine, sugar-sweet <laughs> uh, Disney attitude? <laughs> all day every day when you've got you know pushy adults trying to get pictures with you and kids screaming and sneezing all over you and that kind of thing also i mean i remember when we were kids and we went to disneyland in paris there's like a home movie of this where like me and my siblings are just completely transfixed by this winnie the pooh show um that is in french and you know we're, we're all below the ages of six we have no idea what's being said um, but it's Winnie the Pooh on stage, <laughs> and we're just like, <gasps> so, you know, people should take this shit seriously. So I kind of, I, I really respect the uh, the Kabuki style Hello Kitty. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to a lot of children's theatre recently. I don't often go and see it. I, I sometimes see stuff at the Unicorn Theatre because I have a friend who works there. One of the first stage shows that I ever saw was The Wiggles Live. And I remember throwing Rosie to the stage as a kid. The last thing that we do on the podcast is uh, we talk about charity or cause or a venue that the guest would like to highlight. I have chosen two interlinking ones. 
the charity that has the big donate button is Black Minds Matter UK, which is what it says on the tin. It's about providing free professional mental health care for black people in the UK. Linked to that is the Black African and Asian Therapy Network, which also has a donate button, but also looks for support and non-monetary donations. And if you are a person of color, who, especially black, African, uh, South Asian, are their priorities, but they also include all other people of color as well. And you would like someone to talk to, there is a big community of counselors and psychotherapists at baatn.org.uk. Thank you. And of course, there'll be links to those in the episode description as well. I mean, the other reason that we put them on there is, is that if people who are listening who feel like they might benefit from these services can actually access them and have a look into them. I hadn't heard of the BATN before last week, I think, and because I'd heard of Black Minds Matter was posted quite a lot. Mm. But Black Minds Matter is still not open, but they're not ready to provide therapy yet. So uh, that's why I put both of them so that if you are someone who actually needs the therapy like now, you have one that is open as well as one that looks like it's going to be really good yeah. but isn't quite ready yet. You've been absolutely fantastic. So have you. Oh bless you. Such a good host. Thank you very much. Uh, your money is in the post. <laughs> <laughs> publicity design by Ben Hollands, and voiceover by Rebecca Klee. We'd love to hear your favourite audience experiences and how COVID-19 has affected you. So feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at MissingAnAward. If you want to donate or find out more about the charities our guest was talking about, you can find the links in the description below. In the meantime, keep safe. Keep well and be kind. Next time, we're joined by General Manager of the Norwich Puppet Theatre, Ian Woods. Fresher is, should still be maintained, but the rug was very definitely pulled out from under our feet when they announced 1.57 billion. Why 1.57? Why couldn't it be 1.6? Which is magic money, we know, doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, in reality, it's going to be distributed to the Cultural Recovery Fund, but it's not that full amount, and whether it trickles down to the individuals, who, who knows? We'll see. Sorry, I'm getting dark already. No, no, God, no, it's fine. That's okay. Well, well, that's the thing. Hopefully, we'll encourage people to, you know, up the barricades, and there we go. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Les Miserables all over again. Yeah. <laughs> now, a puppet version of Les Mis, I would watch that. Oh, 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 oh,